Thought Bubble Audio. and welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, your weekly podcast following the adventures of Ryan Wilder and the CW's hit show, Batwoman. I am Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. How about you? Uh, it's been it's been a trying couple of days, but we have an excellent episode of Batwoman to discuss, so that always makes things better. We do. We get... The follow-up to last week's episode, where we find out all the names of the roving band of of mercenaries from last week. Except we don't. We don't even no, get to no. find out who the hell kidnapped Mary. Not even a one. Well, we know Poison Ivy kidnapped Mary. Well, okay, yeah, but we don't know for what purpose. Like, uh, nope. Or do we? Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, what happened? Because I don't think, like, just why? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Now, unless, I mean, because granted her being kidnapped led to the revelation for how to fix a certain something, but I don't think that was the point. Uh, Probably not. I'm I'm sure we'll get answers eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so we're going to dive into uh, this episode of Batwoman Season 3, Episode 4, also titled Anti-Freeze. Which is a pretty inter- cool title. Yeah, and last week was, was Freeze, so. This is like the continuation of that. I love that. Yeah. So we start off in a darkly lit room with a person who looks like they fell in like a vat of cocaine. I was going to say cement, but okay. Um and a guy who looks like he's uh from a 1920s gangster movie like whose I name stepped right out of the Godfather. <laughs> whose name is never given to us, so I am calling him Jim. Okay. Because I am not going through another one last like last week where <laughs> we didn't have the name of a the name of a woman who I've since named Joey. So okay. So Jim is talking about how this is a final test of a, uh, an experiment, and that the person is free to go. And so essentially, uh, what the guy, what the what the person sitting on the couch is actually happened to them is they've been frozen and they're in front of a bunch of heat lamps trying to thaw him. Or her. It's difficult, believe, it's difficult I, to get a gender, but I think it was a guy. I believe it was a her. Because when 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 they identified the body later, didn't they identify it as like a female? Um Yeah, very possible. Yeah. So, so I'm pretty sure her, it was a her and the term that they kept using was reanimate. Yes. Um so essentially it essentially looked like they were trying to cryogenically free somebody without the without the actual chamber. Like they were skipping the chamber part and just injecting them or blasting them with the with the Mr. Freeze compound and now trying to reanimate them. Without the, person, the side effect of the rapid aging. Um, I don't know if that I think that was like a 
a bridge to cross afterwards. Like they were just trying to figure out how to get somebody to get, to get unthawed. It looked like. But I mean, because literally, you can unthaw them just by raising their body temperature. They have to figure out how to do it so that whenever they do it, the person doesn't then die. Yes. Yeah. I, even, yeah. E- they do even, know. They do know the side Mary effect. Said, yeah. Even Mary said that to Sophie when Sophie was going to try to. Well, we'll get there. But she said that to Sophie later in the episode. So right. I think but like whole- Mary's actually trying to save. Mary's actually trying to save the person. Then, like, I just I don't know if this person was just like, look. First, we got to make sure we can reanimate them. Then we'll worry about the second part. Well, I I think they want to make sure that they can reanimate them without the side effect. Yeah, I mean I it know. it is very possible because they do know they do know about the side effect from the last episode. Um, so in any event, the person tries to get up and walk, and uh, it Epic doesn't fail. go too well. Yeah, they pretty much shatter into a million pieces. And Which the person... this was a this was a really cool effect, like. I think honestly, everything involving the freeze villains this in the last two episodes mm-hmm. have been my favorite effects all season. Yeah, they kind of fall and they don't shatter. They just kind of slowly split apart into into pieces. And um, what the hell did I name him? Jim. Jim. There is just like, ah, well, that one failed. We got twenty four hours to go for the client. So we or. Yeah, the client's deadline is in 24 hours. So at least we, we know that there is a another person that they are doing this for, which we kind of figured out anyway. Right. So we get the uh, we get the Batwoman logo popping up, and then we head over to which side note that red is really starting to bother me now too. Yes, thank you. <laughs> like it just it doesn't look right. It looks radioactive, and I don't like it. Like at first, at first I didn't know if it would be like a progressive thing throughout the season, but now I'm just like, no, it's not. It's gonna stay like that. Oh, and okay. I don't like it. Well, yeah, no, it does. It just, it looks very weird. Hopefully, we only have to deal with this for this season and for next season, assuming we. Yeah, get but one. next season will just be a little bit more red. Like it no. looks like it looks like it's a gradual thing over seasons. Like I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> Uh, we we go over to uh, Ryan and Mary's apartment above the holdout, where Ryan and Luke are walking up to a table that has a package on it that Ryan said was delivered obnoxiously early in the morning because <laughs> the delivery person woke her up. Now, she spends her nights dressed as Batwoman. So I'm assuming for her, much like for me, obnoxiously early in the morning is like 10 a.m. It could be at any time you're asleep and you get that alert that somebody because I've had that happen. I'll be asleep and I'll get a delivery at like eight, nine o'clock in the morning. And it's just like, why? Yeah. (laughs) Why did I order this thing? (laughs) Because really, you do it to yourself. (laughs) Like you ordered a thing to get delivered. But you expect it to come in the mail, and if you know when your regular mail gets delivered, but then it becomes, like, it's it's a whole thing. So I felt Ryan in that moment. So we find out that, and Luke's already, like, panicking about it. Like, he's like, oh, this isn't good. And we find out it's a, it's a news article in a nice frame uh, that, that lists Ryan uh, as a 30 under 30. Thir- under 30. Uh, t- yep. 
top 30 under 30 in, I'm assuming, like... Like a Fortune 500 world. kind of thing. Yeah, like a business world thing. And yeah. it comes with a little note from Marcus that says, um, you know, see you at the, you know, see you at the reception. Maybe we can hang out. And Luke's like, you know, this isn't a good idea because of reasons. Like, Jada is, Jada will go after you. And so he's like, you can't go to this. And Ryan's like, well, I have to. Because the Wayne public, the Wayne uh, Industries publicist says that if I don't, people are gonna start, you know, clawing up the side of Wayne Tower to, you know, to try and talk to me. And this all seems like a little bit much and a little bit rushed, seeing how like two episodes ago, not even like Luke knew that, <laughs> that Ryan was the acting CEO. Well, I well, okay, I think. I think they're doing like they said that Marcus pulled the strings to get her this title. Like, right. So, I mean, it's rushed because she didn't technically earn it. Like, right, this but, was her brother's but what I mean way. is like, like all of this of like her being thrown into the spotlight and all these people like, oh, my God, we need to know everything about her. Like that all just seems rushed because even though like Marcus got her on this list, like. Oh, Obviously, oh, she... you, you mean the press wanting to know everything about her? That's not rushed. Are you kidding? Uh, the press are like vultures. Not usually on like business es- world, though. Especially with her story. Like she lived in a van and now she's 30 under 30. That is catnip to any reporter. I don't know. It. I. I understand your I understand your reasoning and logic. I just think it's. Like, I don't see her, like, like, it's not like she's actually running stuff, though. Like, like, even when we first find out that she's the acting CEO, she was like, she had basically said, like, she had hoped it was going to be in name only. So it's not like she's been doing anything on the day to day side of, of Wayne Industries. But the press doesn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, I guess. All they know is that there, there is this, there is this hot new girl on the appeared out of nowhere and when you do some background on who she is like all they have to do is hear her name then do some background figure out how how she came into this town and then realize where she is everybody and their mother's going to want to talk to her yeah yeah i guess so i mean Um, if you sit and think about it for five seconds it's really not as weird as it sounds yeah before the scene uh we did find out that uh, Mary was gingerly placed by vines on a park bench where she wakes up with a thorn in her skin, wondering how she got there. I was wondering how the hell she got there. I was wondering what the hell happened. I was wondering why this was even a thing right now. Like, well, we know how she got there. Like we see the, we see the, like we see the, uh, the vines kind of like. Yeah, that, those, look like, from her. those looked like snakes and creeped me the entire hell out. I was like, ooh. And I was like, Mary has to be unconscious for part of this because if I if she were awake, she'd be freaking out because I know I would be. But like my thing is like what what where was she before they put her on the bench? Because I do not believe that she slept on a park bench. Oh, yeah. No, she definitely didn't. Yeah. We don't know where she was, except we assume she was with Poison Ivy. I just don't understand. Like, I just if they were going to do this, I don't get why they didn't focus on it. 
and that kind of annoyed me. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Uh, we better. Not this episode, but maybe next episode or the episode after that or, you know, after the holiday break. Oh, if it goes that long, I will be raging on this podcast. Just a warning. (laughs) (laughs) So Mary comes busting in in the same clothes that she was in the day before. And she's like, guys, something weird really happened to me. And all Ryan's like, did you meet a boy? Which part of me was like, part of me found that funny. Part of me was also like, um, maybe you should actually pay attention and realize that something's not quite right. I mean, no one has ever accused anybody on the show as being very perceptive. And Luke was just a straight up dick. Yeah, Luke's like, hey, <laughs> look at the time. I gotta go. Yeah, he, he literally gave not any dams about it. And, he, and I get he's pissed at Mary, but if Mary is saying, I slept in a park, I don't know what the hell happened, I need help, maybe pull your head out of your ass for five seconds and figure it out! You think he would if, you know, there was a thing between him and Mary, like somebody keeps fantasizing there is. I, no, he's, I mean, he's definitely butthurt, and he's only butthurt because there are feelings there, and I will die on that hill. No. Don't... <laughs> It's obvious in this episode there are not. It's obvious in this episode that she cares about him and he's so hurt because he cares about her. But that is not the ship we will be focusing on this week. We will get there later. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, Luke is like, yep, I'm out of here. He leaves and Mary's like, so do you think he would be this upset if there wasn't anything wrong with him? And Ryan's like, hey, you know, you kind of said he... He uh, is a liability in the field, so he just wants us to know we can trust him. You know, Ryan's trying to play the peacemaker, and Mary's like, "Look, I need to. We need to talk about something." And Ryan's like, "Sure, but let's walk and talk because I have a busy day." And Mary's like, "You know what? But forget it." Yeah, because because Mary could tell that they just weren't a hundred percent focused on her, and I get Ryan had like. A zillion things going on, but like I mean, right now she only has one thing going on. Uh, Yeah, but this is this is like a make or break thing, so I get like why that was her focus. But like you should have, somebody should have realized that something was weird, and the fact that they just brushed off the fact that she said she slept in a park bothered the hell out of me. It's almost like what Alice said last week is true. Oh God, I hate that she might be right. (laughs) So. Mary's like, you know, whatever, we'll we'll just table it. And Ryan does say, you know, after the day's done, you know, I'll buy the drinks and you can tell me all about it. So Ryan is like, look, we'll, we're going to talk about this today once I finish this one thing that I'm doing. Now, it's, obviously, it's a TV show, so other stuff comes up. But, you know, Ryan at least makes an attempt and is like, look. I will be able to focus on you solely today in a few hours. I'll I'll give her points for that. I just, I just, and I promise I will stop saying it, but the fact that they've got, this has got so little focus just bugged the crap out of me. And I enjoyed the episode, so it's not even like I hated what we were focusing on. I just wanted, I just wanted what happened to Mary to play a bigger part of it. You're not very patient, are you? No, patience is not a virtue I've ever really had. And you, watch, and you watch daytime soap operas, which take, like, months for a storyline to play out. 
True. Very true. So I, I maybe I just expect things to move quicker in prime time. I don't know, but like the whole, <laughs> the whole lack of attention to this really, really bugged me. Over at Arkham, we have Alice laying in bed, imagining the uh, nanobots in her arms again, and kind of trying to calm herself as she realizes like she's having, you know, some sort of some sort of psychosis attack or you know some some sort of psychic break that is happening slowly but surely because her hallucinations are getting longer more vivid and way more violent uh i don't think they're getting more violent as much as she's just violent that she okay well she went from picturing postcards on a wall and nanobots which still happen which still happen yes but this time there's the added death of the guard, which is an because escalation. Because I think she, I don't see. I don't think it's an escal. Well, it, it's an escalation, but I wouldn't say like her her psychic break is becoming more violent as much as like she's trying to find a way to tell what's real and what's not. And so like so. What ends up happening is this uh, Arkham person comes in, hands her a bunch of letters, and she kind of quickly realizes that, because they're all from Jacob, she kind of quickly realizes that those letters are not real, and that he might not be real. And he's like, well, that's a you problem. I'm out of here. And as he turns around, Alice goes right up behind him, snaps his neck, and then yells for another guard to come in, to come to the room. And he's like, you know, what do you want? And she's she's like looking, staring at this other Arkham guard that she just killed on the floor. And she's like, anything seem wrong? <laughs> and he's like, like I, le- <laughs> I legit thought this was real for a second until she called for the guard. See, I like when she's when she had said the 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 letters were fake. I'm I for some reason imagine like he was handing her something else and she was just imagining that it was letters. Right. And, then, and, and you're right. Like I kind of agree too. Like I didn't realize that he was part of the psychosis until the other guard didn't acknowledge that there was a dead body on the floor and kind of just walked away. And then we see him not there when she looks back. And I was like, okay, these hallucinations have gotten worse, which means. Alice, so, they, they need to figure out what's going on to prevent Alice from going completely insane. Right. So I so I don't know if Alice was lucid enough to be like, if I kill this person, I either killed a real person, which I'm Alice, and I do that anyway. Or no, she 100% I, thought that hallucination was real like we did and didn't realize it wasn't until the guard did well, not have way, a reaction. Or she was like, this is a way for me to tell if this if this person is real. Like, I'll kill him, and if he's a real, I just killed another person. Who cares? I'm Alice. I don't, but e- if I don't even think real, she thought that far. I think yeah. the fact that she, I think the fact that that wasn't real and that was a hallucination freaked her the entire hell out because she yeah. 100% thought it was real and then when she realized it wasn't she bugged and then she wanted to cuz right in that moment she wanted to talk to Renee and she wanted to get the hell out of Arkham. Yep, she's like I need to talk to Renee. Guard, hello. Over at the reception for the 30 under 30. We see Ryan getting her picture snapped by 
bunches of reporters, and Marcus Jett comes to like the Can front of the line. Talk about this dress. I mean, it's red. It's I, it's just my God, she looked amazing in this dress. I'm a girl. I notice these things. Look, these, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying I can't notice like good outfits, but this is. I think out of stuff that she's worn this year, um, it's a little on the tamer side. It's just like to me, it just looked basic. I think I it's will the say, color that did it for me. I think it's the cut and color of the dress that did it for me. And I'll, I get, just, I'll get the cut. Like I really love, I really love like the angle on the skirt and like the little bit of silver um, that she had, like that it has kind of dangling a bit. Like that, I really liked. But like the overall, I thought like. Like, obviously, Mary did not help her pick out this dress. Like, I just, she has a whole wardrobe upgrade this season that I'm really digging. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it comes with it comes with uh, having access to money. Like, she has a job. She's getting paid. Like, even before becoming Wayne's CEO, like, she was at the holdup. She, she had a job. She was getting paid. She, ostensibly, I, I believe, doesn't pay any rent. Like I don't think Mary's charging her rent to live in to live in um, Kate's old apartment above the holdup. So, no, like, I don't her, think so. So like not only does he have a pretty good job, she has like very little in the way of expenses. So I mean she she can uh, upgrade everything she wants. Um, so Mark Marcus is there trying to get her to smile more and you know be more photogenic. As she walks off, he kind of follows her and is like, look, you know, I want to hang out. I want to get to know my little sis. And she's like, look, she was born an entire year before he was. Yeah. And she's like, look, you know, I know you want to I know you want to piss off your mom, too, but I can't I can't take that risk. Like it puts my business at risk and it puts a lot of other things at risk. And then a camera guy comes by and is like, I'm going to take a picture of you. I'm sure which, this will have no consequences later for as anybody. Soon, as soon as the picture snapped, I was like, oh, crap, Jade is going yep. to Jade is going to do some Jade is going to do something. Cause, uh, and then Marcus gets a phone call, so he exits stage right, and we go over to Sophie and her sister, uh, who is also a 30 under 30 for the um, for the community center. And they're talking, and once again, I said this a couple episodes ago, but these characters all might be on the edge of a drinking problem. Because the first thing, the first thing Sophie is complaining about is the fact <laughs> that the free champagne is for nominees only. <laughs> yeah, I, that that was funny. I just I I love that Jordan's back. I I love the dynamic between Jordan and Sophie. I love the fact that Jordan is Team Ryan and she's basically like, uh, you know, you should totally get that because there is a vibe there. And yes, yes, I agree with Jordan. I am Jordan 100 percent because Sophie and Ryan were making eyes at each other all episode and it started not too long after this scene. So Jordan says, you know, if if Sophie wanted some champagne, then she should have. She should have got Jordan the box of wine she asked for in college, which was which was hilarious. Which actually. was hilarious. I, I, yeah, also, I, why would I you did, ask for box wine? Like, have better taste than that. Well, I mean, maybe they were poor. <laughs> you know, this was before canned wine, apparently. I don't know. So they're talking, and 
um, Sophie makes a Sophie notices like Jordan's a little, you know, she's like, why are you even here? Like, I understand why they would give this, you know, give you this accolade, but this isn't like something that you would normally do. And she's like, look, I get to have two minutes of of say whatever I want to people. So I'm going to try and get them to quadruple the community center's budget. And she's like, all right, that that sounds more like my sister. Uh, yes. Which Jordan Jordan um, needles Sophie because as Sophie is glancing all around at this giant party with hundreds of people walking around. Okay, can, can you not? Just because him? Ryan is one of them. Listen, and, he made and eyes so, Ryan, and, and Ryan's eyes, eyes happened right to back. glance past Ryan as they he's scanning the entire him. room. Nope, 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 nope. They were flirting. 100% they were flirting, and I was here for every moment of it. She was admiring Ryan in that dress. She knew Ryan looked damn good in that dress. And Ryan knew she looked damn good in that dress. And just the way they kept looking at each other, they own me at this moment. I love them. That is all. So as Sophie is scanning this entire <laughs> this entire room, which is a very sizable room, like is that a is that a hotel? It's like a ballroom. Stop scanning at Ryan. Now she she scanned the entire room, 360 degrees. Her neck twisted around like like the little know. girl's head in The Exorcist. She did not. She literally stopped at Ryan. And they had a good 30-second eye stare, and I was all for it. The only reason she stopped at Ryan was because when she got to Ryan, Jordan took it upon herself then to make a comment, which prevented Sophie from being able to continue because then she had to talk to Jordan. You just don't want to admit that I have been right yet again. So... After Jordan's little needling about, like, hey, look, you and Ryan, huh, huh? And Sophie's like, girl, you're crazy. She then talks about, she then tells Jordan about a dream that she had in which Ryan brought her, which, which is a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I was me. like, that is not the, that is not the route I was expecting that dream to go. I mean, it was, good. It was I liked a lot. I liked how they built it up because she was like, I was in bed, and Jordan's like, okay, and then Ryan came in, and Jordan was like, okay, I'm like, really, do you really want to hear about your sister's sex dream? Because I'm not even sure I do, and I'm, and I have no relation to you, like, and then she was like, and Ryan was bringing me soup, and Jordan was just like, oh, okay, well, let's go. Yeah, I, that, the whole soup, and then she's like, I I woke up before I could even try it. I was like, okay. Yeah, because is... I want to know what kind of soup it was. Like, I don't care what else happens in this episode. I am not going to live until, I'm not going to be able to move on with my life. I want to like, know why she was dreaming science. about about illness and soup and not anything else. Because, obviously, she has no emotional connection to Ryan. She has an emotional connection to Ryan, or Ryan wouldn't have been the one she was dreaming about. Ryan was bringing her soup like a waitress. So obviously she, she only sees Ryan as a servant. Ah, she, I win. Yeah, no, because yep. she could have pictured Luke. She could have pictured Mary. She could have pictured Kate, you know, the person she hey. supposedly loves. 
Exactly. He doesn't view any of them as servants. See, one of us has a bachelor's degree in dreams. Okay, yeah, no, that's definitely not you or me. You don't know what I went to college for. It could have been dreams. I don't even think they offer a bachelor degree in dreams. Quiet. I'm sure I'm sure some <laughs> online college does. I went to Trump University. They definitely had one. All the people told me about it. It was super great. <laughs> okay, you got sure. A, you got a free steak afterwards. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she finishes she finishes the story about the soup and then waking up. And she's like, you know what? I shouldn't have told you this. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Uh, is it is this when, when Jordan walks off and... Uh, well, she doesn't really walk off. She's just like, you stay here. I'm going to go to the bathroom. You practice your speech. And then Jim comes up from behind Jordan and was like, hey, I'm from the Gotham Gazette. We're here. We're here for your interview. And Jordan's like, all right, just let me get my publicist. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. There'll be no need for that. And then injects her. And I screamed because I did not see that coming. Like, I got a little, it, like, when I saw the guy come and I saw the hat, I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. This <laughs> oh, is no. bad. Oh, no, 20s gangster guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, this is bad. <laughs> get out of there, Jordan. <laughs> I was like, Jordan, run. And then he injected her. I was like, what's happening? When we come back from commercial, uh, Jada is walking into her office. She pull, you know, she turns on her laptop and up pops a picture of Marcus and Ryan. And, and she is not amused. Nope. Uh, Jada immediately picks up the phone and calls Vespa Fairchild, who we don't hear again. Again, they're like phasing out. Rachel Maddow's voice, apparently, but not the character. Uh, and she makes a little small talk about how her ratings aren't doing good. And she's like, I got a scoop. And I wasn't sure what was happening, but that was. I mean, I kind of figured it was going to be it was going to be something. I figured it was going to be something. I just didn't know what that something was going to be. Yeah. Over at Mary's clinic, Mary is is trimming weeds in her office now. Yeah, I was like, okay, we're, we're, when did she become a botanist? Um, at some point between when she was taken by poison ivy and when she woke up. Maybe she was trying to identify what the hell stabbed her or what, like, what she... It could be, yeah, because she did have that thorn that she pulled out of her, that she pulled out of her arm. And guess who's there, rolling around on a chair, much like I do during slow times at the store? Alice. <laughs> Alice. Mary has no idea why Alice is there, and Alice has said – Alice is like, well, I told Renee that I had a – I had a hot tip about the zero-G the zero sneakers of the Batman villain, the Mighty Icarus, who isn't real at all that I know of. But obviously Alice is like, nah, I just made him up. But she'll believe anything as long as you lower your voice in octave. <laughs> Which was hilarious. Yep. And she was like, I figured I could hang out with my sister. We could do each other's nails, do some unelective <laughs> elective surgeries. <laughs> and Mary's just like, you know what? Fine. Just don't bother any patients or anyone that comes into the clinic <laughs> as Alice is like rolling backwards on the chair out of frame. And she's like, nope, don't worry. I won't. We go back to the 30 under 30 bash and the uh, uh, publicist for Wayne. 
for Wayne Industries is grabbing Ryan and he's like, all right, we have this we have this interview to go to. As they're walking, Marcus comes walking in with a I love Gotham hat kind of like pulled down low. He's like, I'm he's like, I'm in costume. I'm in a disguise, so that way we can hang out and no one will know. Yeah, which I was like, dude, you're being the most obvious at being incognito that I've ever seen. Yeah, and then Sophie comes in and she's like, hey, have you seen my sister Jordan? And she's like, no, I haven't. And Marcus just like pops up and is like, hey, I'm Marcus Jet. I'm like, you are so – like you are about as bad as every CW hero at this whole secret (laughs) identity thing. Did he say I'm her brother? Yes. Yep. He even says, like, uh, "Yep, <laughs> your mom, your mom is like totally denying Ryan exists, and you're there. It's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's my sister. Hey, hey, all these reporters walking around, sister. <laughs> he might as well have made, it, made a T-shirt out of it. I'm sure that was going to be next as part of his like disguise plan. Ask me about Ryan Wilder, my sister. Hi, my name is Marcus Jett. Like, so um, so Ryan goes off to help Sophie look for Jordan because they can't – because Sophie cannot find Jordan. And her phone is off. And her phone is off. Or she's not answering her phone. No, she. Li- I think she literally says her phone's off. Well, either way, I mean, it's not like Jordan even has her phone because we saw her drop it. Right, but at this point, they don't she got know taken. that yet. Right. So uh, Ryan Ryan gets on the comms with Luke, who is trying to f- get his father to talk to him. And uh, is literally to talking to the void. And I'm just like, yeah, you're you're fine. You're absolutely fine. Yep. Everybody perfectly sane in this show. Uh, and so Ryan's like, hey, I need you to help me find Jordan. You know, she's disappeared and we can't we can't find her. So Luke pings her cell phone and they find it on the floor. And now Sophie is kind of worried as they're as they're discussing this. Marcus comes running up and he's like, hey, I just talked to a friend. Someone saw your little sister heading up to a room with some guy because Luke has Luke had looked at the cameras uh, along the exterior of the hotel. And, and she like, didn't you know, leave. Yeah, there's been no there's been no sign of her leaving. So she's still got to be at the hotel. They go to the room where Marcus said that they saw her going into, and she is there frozen, standing right next to a canister that has some of the Mr. Free serum that Ryan can only deduce somebody else either found some more or maybe they figured out how to synthesize it on their own because they did have Mr. Freeze's notebook uh, from the last episode. Yeah, and did we ever figure did we ever figure out what happened to that notebook? Um, Joey took it. Joey still had it at the end of the episode. So okay. I would so Joey gave it to whoever was paying her. I assume it was Jim. Um and so you know, Sophie's like, We need to we need to unthaw her and that's when Ryan's like, the last time somebody unthawed from this, they aged it four times the normal rate. So they bring her over to Mary's clinic and Mary says, you know, we need to figure out how to bring her out of the cryo without the you know without her aging rapidly but they also figured that they also found out that what they've done differently is instead of using the serum to to kind of freeze her body they injected and they froze her from the outside the insi- or from, from the inside out yeah 
they've basically frozen what what did she say like her organic dna or something like that i think was the exact wording right or, or, yeah so and then mary's Ma- like mary's, so mary's going like, on a spiral trying to figure out exactly what to do and she doesn't know and whenever mary doesn't know something she kind of freaks out yeah so mary's like you know if i had if i had a sample of what they used to freeze her maybe i could figure out something and Alice is just in the background. Who, apparently, she had Jordan's phone this entire time. And she's like, I know who it is. The Bee Gees. It, Everyone it, assumes they, she means the disco. I assumed she meant it. I was like, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> and she's like, she was like the Black Love Society. You know, a bunch of rich people doing anything they can to stay in power. You know, no one knows who they are. Black Love Society. BGS. The Bee Gees, like she is very upset that no one is that no one is really impressed by her by her uh, pseudonym for this. Yeah, nobody wants this to become a thing. Yeah. So they asked, you know, was there any problems with with Jordan at the reception? She was like, well, she looked a little nervous, but maybe that was, you know, she said because she was going to give a speech. But apparently she had been doing some digging about these people and and she had come across something. And she was like, you know, why didn't you tell me? And Alice is like, because you are play it safe. Like you would have talked her out of it. And then she actually had a, like first she said, uh, what did she say? Like officer play it safe or something. And then she kind of yeah. had a moment where she softened. I love the way Rachel played this. And she had yeah. like a, like a, a was human like, moment. And she was like, cause she knew you would, you would try would to try and her. talk to her. Right. Uh, and then Sophie notices that, that Jordan is dripping. So she gets Mary. Mary takes her temperature and realizes that she's essentially thawing because she has nothing keeping her in frozen. So, so Sophie, Sophie and Alice get to team up to go find to try and find any any leads to help Ryan, who is still at the at the hotel reception, trying to figure out what's going on, kind of covering the bases there. Yeah, and she figures any any information that Jordan has on these on the society will be in her apartment. And since Alice seems to know about these people, she can help decipher whatever it is. Yep. Back at the hotel, Ryan is talking to Luke. Um, apparently, there was a group text that Jordan was in with two other people, and all th- they all met up at the hotel. So um, Luke comes to the conclusion, you know, that's why they're conducting the experiment at the hotel because. You know, not only are they trying to quiet Jordan and her friends, but they can also they can also run the experiments there in a room without anybody coming in on them. As they're talking, one person is being wheeled out on a gurney in chunks. Uh, and that, I think, is the dead body that we saw at the start of the episode. Yes. Yeah. Which because that, did they... that one was in chunks. Yeah. And did did they identify it as like Bella something? It was something with a B. Not yet. That's not yet. no, that is a different person. So, oh, that's a different person. Okay. Yeah. So as Ryan is trying to figure out what's going on, Marcus comes up and she's like, you know, we found her, you know, thank you. And Luke is kind of under the impression that Marcus might have had something to do with it, seeing as how he knew exactly where she was. Which isn't out of the total realm of possibility. Right. And Ryan kind of asks him, like, how he knew. And he tells her, like, look, I know the... I know the uh, the girl at the desk. She asked around for me. A maid saw her going into the room, and she told me. 
And right, you know, Ryan kind of is like, all right, you know, I I believe you, but I don't know you. And then Marcus kind of gets upset, storms off. The Wayne publicist comes in and he's like, hey, we have a problem. And they see that the Wayne stock has tanked about 47 percent because Vesper Fairchild came out with a story that the CEO of Wayne Enterprises has diverted tens of millions of dollars into secret accounts that only she can access off the book. Which that is what Jada Jet told Vespa. Right. Uh, Ryan's oh. like, look, I, I can't deal with this now. I have to help my friend find her sister. I have to help my friend figure out what's going on with her sister. You know, I'll figure it out. You know, I'll, it, it's multitasking. We'll figure it out later. And he's like, look, you know, this, <laughs> this is important because if it ties back to you, that's, you know, that's criminal. That's, you know, you that's could go bad. to jail. Yeah, you could go to jail for embezzling millions of dollars. So you might want to you might want to take it a little bit more seriously than it looks like. Ryan goes back up to the room where they found she goes into the room where they found the person that they brought out in chunks. She sees the canister of free stuff. She sees the heat lamps. They come to the idea that um, if they're using heat lamps, in a room, then they might be able to find where they, you know, any other places they've been by tracking the heat signature. Luke looks, and there's one room that has that has a ver- like a big hot spot. So Batwoman shows up in her suit, and that is where we find this person who's essentially just like liquefied, which is so gross. Yeah, and she pulls out a tag, and that one is named Becca. Okay. And then as as Batwoman's telling Luke this, he's like, I got an ID on the other person. It was a guy. Yeah. Another guy. It was the other guy in Jordan's group text. So Jordan is now the only one left out of the. Which is not good because he's the only loose end at this point. Yep. Over at Jordan's apartment, we have Alice and Sophie start looking around, looking for any clues. Uh, to what Jordan was up to, who these people could be, how to help her. Sophie goes into Jordan's bedroom to start looking for stuff. Jordan goes through like the living room, and then we see the Arkham, we see the Arkham guy show up again. Why does Alice keep hallucinating this guy? Of all things to be hallucinating, like why is maybe it, like, the, maybe this was like, a guard at some point? Maybe this was a guard at some point at Arkham. And maybe it was a guard that she actually killed at some point in Arkham. Who knows? I don't know. It's just weird that this guy is who she's seeing. Like, I would figure it would be young Kate or young her. So Alice is, you know, Alice is kind of having a uh, back and forth talk with with this guy as, with as her so hallucination people. and also yep. trying to make it seem like she's not talking to something that doesn't exist. Right. Because Sophie comes in. She's like, hey, everything OK in here? She's like, yep. I'm just talking to myself. Respect my process. <sighs> so as she as she looks around, she notices an air vent and she looks inside the air vent and it's all of the notes that Jordan had kept on the Black Glove Society, uh, to which she also linked the Black Glove Society to Jeturian Industries. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Uh, up at the top of one of the papers, um, she has... She has like scans of the she has scans of like some of the Mr. Freeze 
notes and on one of the papers um, in uh, kind of a highlighter thing, it says Jeturian Industries. Yeah, I totally missed that. And I'm kind of glad that I did because that made the moment at the end that much more shocking for me, which I love that. So, yeah. Wow. Then all of a sudden, Jim shows up behind Alice and he's like, you know, we'll take that. And Alice is like, this might be too much to ask, but you're not a hallucination, are you? <laughs> and I like I also like when Alice like turns around, she like she looks to where her to where the Arkham hallucination the Arkham security guard hallucination was, and she's like, Thanks for the heads up, man. <laughs> man, Alice hallucinating has been giving us some gold mines of moments this season. So Alice hands over the uh the docket that she found and uh Jim's thugs attack Alice, knocking her down. Sophie comes running in from the other room, takes out the two guys, and then turns around and gets knocked out by Jim. Yeah, this wasn't good. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe everything will be fine. I wasn't sure if they were about to get taken or what. No, taken is a different movie. <laughs> yeah, another movie I haven't seen, but I have heard of this one. <laughs> After the break, uh, over at Mary's clinic, Mary is, like, putting every cold compress known to man all over Jordan's body. To try to keep her frozen, all the while she's wearing every single winter garment that she owns, because I'm assuming she's completely turned the heat off in her building, or in her office at least. Or she cranked up, like, the AC. Yeah, she's done something to make it cold in there to begin with, but she's also putting cold compresses on. And then her phone starts ringing, and this upset me. This upset me more than anything because I have watched this episode four times, four times, and every single time I think my phone is ringing. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the moment that got me back. Every single time I think my phone is ringing and I look at my phone and it's not ringing and I still hear the ring ding and I'm like, I am starting to go all Alice. (laughs) I am starting to lose my grip on reality, apparently. And then Mary answers the phone and I'm like, oh, it's the TV. Okay. (laughs) And it's Luke. And he's like, Luke pissed me off here. Like, my God, I get that. I'm going to get that he's pissed at what she did. But does he have to be a raging so dick about it? it? I just, why? 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 Because there is no feelings between him and Mary. Now, uh, that, that, you don't lash out at somebody like that if they don't mean something to you. He got that angry and lashed out that harshly because he's hurt, because he cared. Nah. Nope. He hates Mary. Yeah. Hates. Okay. Keep living in your delusional little world, and we will see who ends up being right by the end of the season. So, Luke is like, you know, we haven't heard any updates. You know, you've had time to run all these tests, and you still haven't figured out anything. I wanted to punch him in the face. And Mary's like, wow, no pressure. And he's like, hey, you know, you know, you can say you can say stuff about me, but I can't criticize you. That's not fair. And you literally called her just to be an asshole. That's not fair either. Man. This is the most I've ever seen you upset her, Luke. I like this. I like this side of Tony Ann. 
join join me on on the anti Luke side. I know I'm not anti Luke. I still love Luke, but when even even if I love you and you do something stupid, I'm gonna drag you for it. And I'm sorry, Luke lashing out like this and literally calling her just to be an ass about it annoyed the crap out of me. And I'm glad that Mary didn't take it. Like she kept giving it back to him, and I'm I was happy for that because I'm like, no, you can be mad at me. But you're still going to treat me like a decent human being. So while they're talking, Mary sees the weeds on her desk that she was cultivating earlier. And it's not weeds, but it's also not like flowers. It, it's like, it, we'll just call it plant. It literally just looks like grass. And then she's she realizes that the change in temperature in the room didn't really affect how they're growing. Like they've been able to adapt. So she was able to, I guess, synthesize something from Right, that. so... So animals, mammals, and other stuff haven't haven't um, evolved to to deal with being cold, but plants have. Plants release a sort of antifreeze that keeps them protected in the winter, so they don't freeze and die from being outside. Now you could argue like the the animal equivalent to this is is blubber or fat or fur. Um, but nothing, nothing so much as like all those things do is kind of keep us warm, but you could still die of hypothermia. Whereas plants like essentially like have a thing that prevents them from freezing at all. Uh, to which, (laughs) to which Luke is like, so does that mean you can use that to synthesize something? And Mary's just like, no, I thought it was just an interesting fact about plants. (laughs) Hangs up. I will say this, though, as mad as he is at her, I love the fact that he knew that she was a like that she was in idea mode. Uh, so over at Jordan's apartment, Alice and Sophie are waking up and they are tied to the, they are tied to a chair with a bunch of books in front of them, all kind of coated in gasoline. And somebody put something in the toaster to essentially burn, start a fire and have the have the flame hit the gasoline and burn them up in the apartment before the flames reach them though batwoman shows up with a freeze canister oh, to take out the you're flame. skipping something sophie actually did notice that alice was talking to herself and said these guys were only able to get the jump on us because you were talking to somebody that wasn't there yeah mm. i noticed yeah i mean they didn't get the drop on her because of that, because at that point, Alice wasn't talking to that person. That but, person had left. True, but she took the time to say, hey, are you real, before just attacking. Yeah, so Batwoman I mean, shows up, saves the day. And they, and even even in this rescue, like, Batwoman is untying them. Sophie and Batwoman cannot stop staring at each yeah, other. Yeah, so Batwoman shows up freezes the flames, starts untying them, and Sophie is looking all around the apartment, looking to see if there are any other clues in this really big apartment. And as she is, as her head, as her head is spinning around again in a 360 circle, because she's essentially an owl, she happens to come across Batwoman she okay, happens. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. You refuse to acknowledge what actually aired, and that is why I am here. What actually aired was Ryan, well, Batwoman, 
and Sophie not being able to take their eyes off of each other, even in the middle of the rescue. They are building to Ryan and Sophie, and I am 100% here for it. I cannot wait. No, I'm pretty sure my my depiction of the scene was accurate. Uh-huh. And when they eventually have their first kiss later this season, and I end up being right, what are you going to tell me at that point? I don't know. We'll have to see what the scene looks like now, won't we? <laughs> so, over at Mary's... Over at Mary's clinic, they have unthawed... They have unthawed Jordan, and, you know... Sophie's just like, you know, you should have told me what was going on. I'm so glad you're safe. And Mary's just like, yeah, she won't be able to talk for a while. So Sophie gets Ryan and Mary over in a corner. Also, my favorite line, she might smell like cilantro for a couple days. (laughs) Maybe that's what she was trying to grow, cilantro. And that would explain why it looked like grass. (laughs) Not that, like, cilantro looks like grass, but it's it's an herb, so like it's not like yeah, it's it's very thin, so yeah. Yeah, it's thin and gra- like it's thin and grassy looking, so it's not like an actual plant, like a dandelion or or, or flower. Um, so so yeah, apparently Mary was growing cilantro in her in her uh, office. I, I I don't know why she would pick her office to grow an herb garden, but okay, sure. Because she's probably there most of the time, like. She but spent, how much, cook, how much cooking is one really doing that you would even need an herb garden when you're a doctor? But yeah, okay. It's also really small, so she could just be transporting it from place to place. Like it's it's like the size of her hand. So it, 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 it feels it feels random and plotty just for this episode, but I'll forgive it. Uh, maybe she picked it up on the way to her. Like she bought it on the way to the clinic, so she brought it inside because it's got them. It could have gotten stolen in the car. I don't know. Or maybe she's trying to figure out what the hell, like I said before, what the hell right. came out of her. And she's yeah. doing experiments on different plants. I'm going to go with that theory because that makes them. Um, so Sophie gets Ryan and Mary together. And she's like, look, you know, Alice told me her psychosis is getting worse. And Mary is Mary uh, has a theory like whatever meds they're giving her at Arkham could be making it worse and not better. Or could be making her worse and not curing her like they should be. And Brian figures out, like, you know, if she if she completely breaks from reality, that's going to be a huge problem that we're all going to have to deal with. So we need to figure out to do something. And Alice is uh, like, what about a program? I have a great idea. Which makes you think, did she do this on purpose? Go crazy on purpose? No, I'm pretty sure she's not. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past Alice, to be honest. So Alice says, you know, I, you know, we could talk to Renee and we could get me on a work release program. And, you know, I can I can be here to help out my sister and we can bond. And they're like, well, where is she going to stay at night? And with the person so, who sleeps with a gun under her pillow. And did, did Alice put his, her arm around her and go, hey, Rumi? Yep, she she was like, she puts her arm around her and is like, roomies. It was great. It was my favorite part of this episode. It, it really, mine too. I loved it so much. Over at Wayne Tower, Luke and publicist guy are in Ryan's office as she comes walking in, and I loved this outfit on her too. This outfit I really loved. Yeah, uh, although I'm never a fan of. 
like animal print, like yeah, print. No, not many but, people can pull off animal print, but she can. And I love the matching the matching ponytail holder too. Yeah, I will say I think the reason like I'm okay with this outfit on her uh, is because the leopard print or the or the cheetah print, whatever kind of print it is, it's a like it's a dyed color. It's more subdued and it's not like as gregarious or ostentatious as it normally can be. Yeah, it's not like one of those neon ones. Right, right. So, like, it kind of fits the wardrobe better. Um, well, anyway, she walks in, and she sees the publicist there, and she's like, you know, look, I didn't steal any money. You know, we need to figure out what's going on, because it's not me. And he's like, oh, I believe you that it's not you. You haven't been here long enough to embezzle this much money. You're just paying, you know, I just think, you know, you pissed somebody Someone, off, and now you're the fall girl. Yeah, you're you're the fall gal for Bruce Wayne's misdeed. And basically, he even says, like, I think somebody's trying to to do a hostile takeover. Um, and they do it by, you know, spreading rumors. The shares drop. You undermine you undermine shareholder confidence, and then you kind of swoop in and buy everything up. Uh, and he's then he hands her a piece of paper and. He's like, this is a press release that's going to go out, and it's going to say that the money that people thought was being embezzled was actually part of a Argus security contract that you didn't tell anybody about because of national security, and you apologize for not telling anybody. And Luke says, you know, he has a friend over at Argus that is that is uh, doing him a favor. Wonder if that was Diggle. I believe so, yeah. Um, so this solves that crisis. However, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't stop the. It doesn't stop the. Uh, Hostile takeover. The shaky confidence of the shareholders, and the board has asked CEO for her uh, for her resignation, or has yes. asked Ryan for her resignation, and. She asks him, like, what do you think? You know, she asks the publicist, what do you think I should do? And he says, if you remain CEO, I think we lose the company. To which Luke, you know, doesn't really doesn't really take that news well. Which I don't blame him for. Um, right. But again, Luke, this isn't just about you. Like, I don't, Luke came across very selfish to me in this episode. And, like, and, I got what he was saying because he doesn't want, like, he doesn't want to keep losing pieces of his father. I get that, but he has to stop assuming that he's the only one who cares. Right. Um, But Luke also uses this time to say, I told you so. You know, I told you Jada was capable of this. And Ryan's like, I just don't understand why she hates me so much. I'm her daughter. Yeah, we'll well, we'll get there in a minute, but that doesn't seem to mean a whole hell of a lot, given what she wants to do to her son. Right. Um, so basically, Ryan's like, look, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay and fight. Back and Luke under... is like, are you sure? And she's like, have you met me? Yep. Back in the Batcave, Luke has reactivated the failsafe and turns it on. And all of a sudden, Lucius is there again. Lucius's voice is there. And <laughs> Luke's like, oh, good. I really need to talk to you. You know. You know, someone's trying to perform a hostile takeover of the company, and I don't know what to do. And his father's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's out of my purview. I can't help with any of that. (laughs) It's basically basically the animatronic version of It's Above Me Now. 
yep, like, I have no idea how to do any of that. And Luke's like, well, why did you, you know, why did you stop talking to me? And he's like, cleared the issue that was blocking this routine. He's like, I, there was no issue. I just reactivated the failsafe. And he's like, yeah, I'm part of the failsafe. Like, I, you know, I... I'm not around if I'm not empowered to to do what I was supposed to. And Luke asks him, he's like, I'm not ready for the suit, am I? And his father's like, no, you're not. Because he's not. Because he has an issue. He has a few issues that he honestly needs to deal with. Yep. And running away from them is not going to make them disappear. Over at the holdout, Ryan is with Marcus and She's like, you know, she's like, look, I know Jada wants Wayne Enterprises, even though Marcus is like, look, she has me sign like a thousand NDAs. I can't tell you anything about the company. And she's like, look, do you think we can do you think we can handle her together? So it does look like Brian and Marcus are going to be teaming up to go against Jada, which I kind of can't wait for. Not even going to lie. As we go I mean- from that scene, we go. Jeturian Industries, and Jada is talking to a person in the shadow. She's like, all right, your deadline's here. What have you got? And it's Jim. And he's like, we solved everything. Here's the here's the stuff you wanted, which is the device that he used to inject uh, Jordan with. And she's like, you know, does it work the way I asked for? And he's like, yep, it wasn't easy, but we adapted the freeze uh, stuff into a new formula that can safely freeze and unfreeze organic material. And basically, we find out that Jada is going to try it out on her son. Which was not what I was expecting. I was honestly expecting her to say Ryan. Kind of, but I think Jada knows, like, I think Jada sees Marcus is trying to help Ryan or do something with Ryan. See, I feel like her th- these plans predated whatever was happening with Ryan. Like, she came to Gotham for a reason, and she didn't find out about... Well, she about, was already in Gotham. Right, but she landed in Gotham and then found out that people were connecting the dots about Ryan. Right. So I here for a completely different thing. Well, she's and on I'm, a business trip, so she's, she, was, she came back from the business trip, and that's when we see her. However... I'll agree. Like I believe her. I believe her initial reasoning was different. But I'm wondering if now, with everything going on, she's like, "Well, I'm going to try this out on Marcus first because but he's he, giving me a problem." But here, here's my thing too. Like this is what terrifies me about this character. She's doing this with the child that she raised. Like yep. she raised Marcus. She saw him grow up, and yet she still wants to freeze him. I mean, maybe he wasn't a good kid. Even still, she has no emotion towards her child. And like that, as a villain, terrifies me. But I'm excited. Yeah. I like it. I like it when villains terrify me and actually seem scary. And mm. like a person who is willing to freeze their own child and one they actually know well, that is a whole new level of horrifying. Right. I'm. I'm starting to actually wonder so uh, my going theory on this is ryan's father is lucius fox and lucius Lucius is the employee that from jada well we said that a couple weeks ago right but i think so 
essentially what I think happens is Jada and Lucius are having a are having an affair. She gets pregnant. He disappears before that. He leaves to go with and so she feels really, you know, she is really feels betrayed by that. And that is where the animosity for Ryan comes from is because it's a reminder of someone kind of backstabbing her. And why she wants to go after Wayne. Right. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And it would make Ryan and Luke brother and sister. It really would. So, or at least half brother and sister. But yeah, um, so that is that is my belief. That would explain some of the animosity, especially if she feels betrayed by Lucius Fox. Um, now, as far as like her going away to have, you know, to have the kid. That's, you know, something like she decided to do or whatever. Or she was so hurt at the fact that Lucius left that she just couldn't deal. So she left. Um, I don't think she was going to have the kid either way. Like but, that doesn't I mean, we'll find out. I'm, I'm sure we'll find out. Like, I'm I'm sure we'll get like why she did that the way she did it. But um, if your theory is correct, that throws my theory out of the water and honestly this entire episode threw my theory out of the water is that she was trying to get Ryan to shut down to protect her from her oh, father. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's that's completely gone. Yeah, no. Um but And why? it could also be like she it also could be like she went away to have this child in secret without anybody knowing. And, like, she could have easily, like, came back and, told, like, presumably Lucius might have known she was pregnant. So when she came back and the kid wasn't there, like, she could have told Lucius, oh, the kid died or I had an abortion or something to hurt Lucius as well. Um, Still doesn't explain why she paid so much money that makes her Ryan never came looking. That's the thing, because at at this. Because she didn't want she didn't want Ryan, like she didn't want to be reminded uh, yeah, but you don't have to pay two million dollars to make sure your kid doesn't come looking for you. You can literally just leave it a closed adoption and make sure there's no information to be found. I mean, she didn't. She didn't theory. have to take it that far. It's a TV so the, show. Like you always have to take it that far. <laughs> not necessarily. And usually, when you take it that far on a TV show, there's a reason. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find out. But that is uh, that is the end of the episode, and that is my new going theory. Uh, we we've been we've been pretty good with our theories this season. Yeah, except you know yours with Luke and Mary and oh, Ryan see, and no, Sophie. No, I I have the DM from you from last week to prove that that is not the case because nope. you literally asked if I wrote the episode because I was so on point. You're nope. never going to be able to live that down. Nope, I I cannot be held accountable for things I say at like two <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Um, so that is where we end up with this episode, which was another really good episode. The season's been kind of cruising along pretty well. Um, still having, still haven't really gotten any answers on any questions yet, nor has Poison we, we Ivy get more questions really shown up. Answers, which I'm okay with, but they need to start answering some stuff soon. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, we have uh, Armageddon coming up from The Flash. Now, yeah. is it is it going to be consecutive nights? Is it going to be... It's a five-week oh. event. So I think it's so, going to be over five weeks, I think. All right. 
So what we'll probably do, um, because Ryan is going to be a part of it, um, we'll figure out something. But maybe maybe the weeks that um, so maybe the weeks of the Flash that have Armageddon will tack on a a little bit of an overview and we can discuss our thoughts on it at the end yeah. of our normal episode of, that week. Yeah, unless that's fine. Unless for some reason, like, Batwoman is off that week, in which case we can make an entire episode about it. Yeah, because uh, The Flash airs Tuesday, Batwoman airs Wednesday, we record on Thursday, so we can easily yeah. make that work. Yeah, so we will we will have at least small discussions about what's going on with The Flash only because Ryan is a part of it. Um, this is essentially their answer from not having to do a giant crossover, but have people show up on the Flash show in like a mini crossover, which I can see as being logistically easier. Yeah. Like if you're doing if you're doing like 85 percent of it with one group of cast members and then you're just having like guest spots. You know, it's I so much it. easier than having to do part one on the flash, then move over to Arrow and coordinate everybody's schedule and make sure that the guest stars from one show can cross over to the other. It's so much yeah. easier if you have one home base and then just bring in your rotating guest stars as needed. Yeah, which I mean, I I understand the logic and I'm sure I'm sure it makes sense. But like to me, where all of these shows are taking place in the same like. They all take place in Vancouver. Like they're all being filmed in Vancouver, all presumably right next to each other. Like I just didn't know how difficult it was to actually get to get them from from doing the crossovers. But well, you have to think like with 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 all the different things that go into t- filming each of the shows, with all the combats on each of the shows, with all the effects on each of the shows, it's a it's a lot more involved. It can be. Which is why, like, for the last two, like, the last two big crossovers that they did, there were entire episodes that Grant and Candace weren't even in because they had to go film crossover stuff. So, like, yeah, yeah, but you would think, like, and again, like, I have no, I have no way of knowing the whys and wherefores, but, like, to me, it's like, you are, you already announced, say, you announced this crossover, and they have, like, they've announced crossovers a year a year before they've come out. Yeah, I mean, hell, like, that's how we knew all the shows were getting renewed because at the end of, was it at the end of Elseworlds they said Crisis was coming in 2019? Right. Yeah. So, but so like you know, say Crisis is you're gonna do Crisis. Like, why not just film Crisis in say the summer before you start the normal the normal filming schedule? I think I think because all the shows might start at different times. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's there's, you know, there's obviously much more logistical nightmares than I can think of without being involved. So, um, but yeah, so we'll have we'll have our takes on what's going on in the Flash here and there with uh, with Armageddon. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Flash, so it'll be interesting to see if I can. I don't think you've watched anything since Crisis, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because we 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 covered Crisis um last year. Oh. Crisis was more than last year. That well, was the it, first it, season. Oh hell yeah, it was. Yeah, two years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, so we'll have our thoughts on that, and then if for some reason uh, Batwoman is on a break that week, we'll go a little bit more in depth into that Flash episode. Um, but so keep an eye out for that, 
And um, yeah, I I think that's about it. So are we new next week too? Uh, yes. Okay, because I did not see, um, I I did not have a preview online, so I wanted to make sure. I'm I'm pretty sure. I think next week, uh, Ryan goes out on a date with a girl, uh, who is not Sophie. Ooh, Sophie's gonna get jealous. Nice. Uh, Sophie won't get jealous because there's nothing there. Um, I could also be making up all of this. Who knows? Uh, uh, yeah. my, my store every so often has horrible, uh, has horrible, um, internet, so I can't tell. So, uh, if there is a new episode next week, we will tell you about it. If not, I will... I will just sit in my chair for an hour like I normally do and pretend that I am doing a podcast. Uh, But you can let us know what you're thinking of this season and this episode, and you can do that in a variety of ways. You can email us at BatwomanTVTalk at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at BatwomanTVTalk on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Academy Rewind on Twitter. Where can the people find you? I'm at XO Tony Roney XO on Twitter. All right. That is going to do it for us. So we will probably see you next week. Maybe. Um, actually, I think even not, even if not, I think um, apocalypse or Armageddon starts next week anyway. So we'll no, have... it starts the 16th, I think. Really? Yeah. That's not weird. next week, the week after. Lame. Well, in any event, we'll, uh, we'll be back with a new episode eventually (laughs) so until then they are shining the bat signal out in the sky so we're gonna get out of here good night everybody good night bye